Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. That's right. Your ears are correct. It is a brand new episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. Um, you know, I want to first say um, we're so sorry. I'm so sorry for the delay and getting episodes out. You know, I came back from the summer break and, uh, you know, had the episode out with Matt Beach and we recorded one with Onco. That's the episode you're going to listen to today. And... Um, Anyways, in the middle of like recording that episode from Onco, and then I went into vacation like that immediate week, um, and that week my computer completely went out of commission. You know, I love Apple products. It's I have you know my laptop, it's my computers, iPads, phones, whatever. Everything's Apple, um, and this MacBook Pro. I mean, I do everything on it, all my you know big editing and whatnot. So, anyways, it just. Maybe it just took too much, but the computer is out for the count for about two weeks. I had to send it back to uh, uh, California, get it fixed. They completely wiped the, my hard drive in the in the process of fixing it. So, you know, if you've ever had that happen on a computer, you know it's such an ordeal and process. But anyways, long story short, as we got the, as I got my computer finally put back in order, um, we got COVID. <laughs> I got COVID. Um, you know, as many of you know, our son is 10 months old. My wife and I are actually about to be 11 months old just a couple days. But uh, anyways, I can, I've been able to adjust, I think, a lot. My wife's a, a wonderful saint of a woman who's done a great job uh, as a new mom. But um, uh, so, but I've adjusted pretty well to, you know, life as a dad. Uh, but the one thing I have not adjusted well to is is daycare <laughs> and how crazy of a world daycare is. So this is the second time um, that he's gotten really sick from daycare. But anyways, he got COVID and brought it home to us. And and so, and I got to say, you know, I had COVID back when it was cool, back when COVID was, um, you know, killing everybody. Um, and this time around of having COVID for, at least for myself, it was a lot worse. Uh, and obviously we recovered son's doing well. I'm doing well. My wife got it, but she's doing well. Uh, but anyways, so this is like my first week in, you know, maybe a month, month and a half of like really being back. Things seem to be normal. So finally getting this podcast out there to you. Um, and I would, you know, I just finished editing the episode and I feel so bad. You know, Aaron, we were, Aaron and I were talking during this episode about like their Oktoberfest celebration in September and we just never got it out in time to really help them plug that. So um, you're listening to this that's, you know, uh, old. It's an old episode. But um, anyways, I'm glad to finally be putting it out there. Uh, you know, talking, it's a little different. It's a little bit of a different episode. It's like three different segments. I'm talking to Tom, Aaron, and Brian and, and, and kind of their respective expertises in this, this podcast. And um, a lot of fun to talk to them. Love going out to Onco. One thing that's always impressed me with Onco is, um, they're just always there. They're always doing something, it feels like. And it's not necessarily like they're always trying to, um, you know, beat everybody. You know, they're not like trying to throw like the biggest thing ever, but they're just always doing something, whether it's a new beer that they're releasing, a new menu item, um, a new event that they're hosting, a new party they're throwing. And I just, that's always really impressed me about Onco. And talking and... Not just talking to him, but listening back as I was editing this episode and really hearing what Aaron and Brian were talking about um, and even just hearing it in their voice and, and whatnot, like 
owning a, owning a business is is tough. And um, uh, I think Aaron said it in the episode about you know so many different businesses today are vying for people's attention and looking for ways to entertain them. And so it's not enough to really just be a brewery anymore. You have to be looking at like, all right, how can I entertain my guests as they're coming in tonight? So um, I don't know. It's just really interesting. And you can just see and hear and feel how much effort they put into it. I mean, Brian's talking about getting there at like three, four in the morning. I mean, those are, those are long, those are barbecue hours, you know, and it's just, it's wild. Um, so if you're like me, if you're a small business owner and you hear that and it's like, okay, me too. All right, I'm not the only one. I mean, they're doing a lot. They're putting a lot more effort than I am in my business. But, you know, for me, like you work early morning, long nights, and you put in these, you know, late nights, you put in these long hours, and it's like, man, is this really, is, I feel like that person is so much more successful than me and doesn't do nearly as much as I, you know. And so to hear them talk about it, it's really cool. And uh, I'm thrilled to, to have been out there and had them on this episode and now finally be putting it out there. Um I'm getting really excited for this holiday season. You know, we, um, it's like our Super Bowl around here for Eat Local New York. Um, we sell 80% of our Eat Local cards on the Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend, and then through December. And, um, you know, we just got our new cards in. They just dropped in the mail. Uh, we just got them all sent out to our, our re- participating restaurants and really excited and happy about that, um, you know. And yeah, the cards are the cards are here. We're going to be putting them out for sale here in the next couple of weeks, and getting the website turned over. We had our new logo made from Stay Fresh Design and Tommy Lincoln and the crew there, and just couldn't be happier with the design work that his team put in um, to it. And uh, you know, I've had the business now for I think eight years, seven years, seven or eight years. And um, when I first started, I just had my logo made on Fiverr. And so one thing I really wanted when I, when we went to stay fresh was we said, I said, I want, I need like a brand guide. I need to know like, Hey, this is the font that you're going to use from now on. And, and these are the colors you're going to use from now on. And here's all these different versions of your logo and your graphics. And, and that's exactly what they did for me. And, um, it was really great. They just, I, they, they knocked it out of the park. So, um, if you're looking for design work, I can't highly, I couldn't recommend them, you know, more. Uh, definitely reach out to Stay Fresh Design and Tommy and the crew over there. Uh, but anyways, the card's coming out. I'm excited. We've just had 20 new restaurants join the Eat Local card from Rock Burger out in like Buffalo um, to Junction 361 and Fairport and Potter's and Port Byron and Alan Angus and uh, Sugar Top and Super Salads and Syracuse and then places like Bon Bon Shop all the way in Manhattan and New York City. So it's really cool. 20 new restaurants have just joined the card all across the state. And um, I think we're at like 165 now. I'm really hoping to get to 200 by the end of the year. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just cool. I love doing that. I love getting restaurants in the card and getting the card out there in the consumer's hands. And you know, we were talking to a couple different business owners recently. And um, we went and talked to Joey out at Home Team Pub. And he said, you know, listen, customers come in all the time and use it. Sarah at the Curdner, and she's like, yeah, we got like five to 15 people a, a week that come in and use their e-local cards. So it's just really cool to hear that like, hey, something that we created is, is being used. Um, so yeah, anyways, really excited to get this episode out. We're finally going to be back into a normal schedule of the podcast, so make sure that you're subscribed. But next week's episode, I've got an uh, episode I recorded back before the break with Aaron from 
Salt City Coffee and Salt City Bar. So excited to finally be getting that out there. Uh, but hey, before we jump into the episode, I want to talk about our sponsor, and that is with Brown Carbonic. Couldn't be more happy with them. Uh, they're such a great local family-owned and operated company serving Central New York for years. You know, primarily they do a lot of things, but if you're looking at for like your CO2 or nitrogen for your draft beer system, Brown Carbonic is the company to call. Um, the thing that I love about them most is really their Shucks root beer, but you know, they have their Challenger Cola. It's their cola brand and, and beverage brand, craft cola and beverages that they've created. And if you're a restaurant owner, bar owners, hospitality business, and you know, you want to support a local company and you know, when it comes to your soda gun, you're like, man, I've got Coke or Pepsi. Well, no, you don't. You have Challenger Cola. Uh, if you're here in central New York. And so definitely reach out to them. You can call them on the phone at 315-454-3591. Again, Brown Carbonic, wonderful company. Ask for Sean. Let them know that you you heard about him here on the Eat Local New York podcast. And uh, yeah, support local. I mean, that's what we're all here for, right? Uh, Well, without further ado, we're going to get into this week's episode. It's my conversation with Tom and Aaron and Brian from Onco Fermentations. Uh, you have, you should do a West Coast IPA. Okay. So you're going to get a lot of the maltiness up front, and then there's a nice mm. bitter bite on the back end. Yeah. Pretty much what you're really probably looking for in a I pale like ale that. type of thing. Yeah, that's a good beer. I really like that. Mine's a wheat, and just a basic wheat. Okay. Yeah. A little bit of spiciness, a little bit of floral notes. Very easy drinker. Yeah. So you're a level, uh, level two Cicerone? Correct. When did you start that process? All right. So I've been in the beer industry for about five years. I okay. started out in bottle shops in my hometown, and then I moved on to distribution. And while I was at uh, Tri-Valley, which is a Sheehan subsidiary, okay. I, they were like, hey, you like to study? Why don't you go do this? So I mm-hmm. went and I got my certified beer server and then just continued on. And I studied for like eight months mm. of drinking every night, blind tastings <laughs> to get my Cicerone. And then uh, COVID hit. Oh, wow. So everything kind of closed up, and then I got here. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So what is – I started Level 1, the certified beer server, and I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. After, like, the first couple hours of just studying for it, I went to branching out the next day and was just walking around trying to grab every beer that I had just read about. And it was really interesting to have that kind of a connection to the beers. You're like learning. It's like, oh, I just read about that style last night. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I like using, like, in, in doing the sales aspect, like learning more about the product lets you teach people. People always love learning. Yeah. So every time I can bring knowledge to people, it's just, I'm a big nerd on beer stuff. Like, hmm. when I'm talking about, like, I go into water compositions. I get into, like, different <laughs> hop builds. I love doing tastings. I love, hmm. like, when I'm saying, like, my wife did, like, tasting for me, I did, like, four or five blind tastings a night where she would have a coffee mug hmm. with a beer in it, and I'd have to guess what it was. Wow. Sometimes it's really hard. Does it get into, is it as intense with wine when it comes to the tastings where you have to be able to identify the region and all that kind of stuff in the brewery? Or are you just going based off just like the style? Um, it's it's a little different because wine is so regionalized yeah. where you can actually tell where the terroir, the grapes come from. With beer, like with the malts and stuff, like it's 
kind of a nationwide, like where you get your grain. So a lot of the beers taste the same. There's a lot of history to them because there's so many different styles. Yeah. But like, it's the same but different kind of thing. Like, yeah. I mean, you share a lot of the different as the same aspects, like with the yeast and the fruit. But there is an aspect of cooking a beer. Mm. So you're adding that process, which ends mm. up changing a little bit of the flavors, a little bit of the history, a little bit of that. Yeah. That's interesting. Nobody's ever used the word cooking the beer. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, but that's what you're doing. Because like you add on cooked like caramelization, mm-hmm. Maillard reactions. You add all these things into a process. Mm-hmm. When wine is, you stomp it. Right. There's nothing more, unless you have really hot feet, that you're not <laughs> doing anything with it. <laughs> So what do, do you do you find when you're going out and talking to people and, you know, trying to get the beer in restaurants and bars that they're really interested in, like some of those details or, you know, just the educational process of beer? A lot of places do. I mean, a lot of the new restaurants coming out are very uh, consumer or customer friendly. So mm-hmm. they're always looking for top of the line, you know, the farm to table style stuff. So mm-hmm. if you present beer in the same way. Mm. people look at it the same way like you're like mm. we got this from local we got this and they're like oh it doesn't matter what like they have no idea quality they don't really know but they do mm. know that you're trying to bring local and taking yeah. an interest in what you're doing so it kind of helps out in in every way i don't know yeah that's good to hear because i you know my perception which i'm not anywhere near as ingrained as it in, in it as you are uh, but my perception is like people are getting away from that and they're focused on like what's the name and what will sell and that's pretty much it and the style and that's pretty much it so it's really cool to hear that people are still interested in the educational side it's people get tired of the ipas yeah it's it's because i mean 90 percent of the market is hey what's your hazy ipa and then <laughs> that i mean that's it so if you have someone coming in hey what about this other beer like have you ever had an alt beer and they're like i don't have a clue what that is and you're like well it's kind of a mixture and you're like oh hmm. i'd like to try something different maybe my customers would like trying something different like That's cool. it's just providing options to everybody like so it works as a team yeah for sure all right so you're on the road going out there selling delivering beer educating about beer um is that something like what's your favorite part about it I like, I just love talking beer. Yeah. I just like sitting in front of somebody, drinking a beer, talking about a beer, teaching people how to drink. It's Mm -hmm. a whole science behind it. I actually Mm -hmm. went out, I was with my wife's cousin and we went to an RV park with Mm -hmm. a bunch of hillbilly-esque people, I guess, (laughs) bush light drinkers. Yeah. Just selling that. (laughs) Yeah. So I started telling them and giving them a little idea of how, because I also do beer judging. Okay. So I gave them the idea of how you take a sip, how the whole process comes. Hmm. And they were watching me for an hour, hmm. talking about sipping a Bud Light. <laughs> and they just were like, you know what? All this science stuff never, because beer is always just fun times. And yeah. you never drink to think. When you're in the business, you drink to, to study and then... Other yeah. times you drink something different for fun. <laughs> but I just love talking everything beer. Yeah. And food. Yeah. Beer, beer and food pairings is another big passion of mine. Huh. It's, it is wild to think that, like, you know, Budweiser, they have, like, there's only, what, three or four, like, master or whatever level Cicerones? There's 26, oh, and, like, okay. four of them work for Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. It's wild to think. It's insane. Because Budweiser is a really good beer. Yeah. And no one gives them credit. I'm like, they have... 10 to 20 breweries across the, the world. Yeah. Every single beer is the same. Hmm. Like, All right. The ability to make that much beer and always have it, like, you can drink a bud anywhere. 
Yeah. It's the same beer. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, that's so crazy. We were in Hawaii, and we went on a tour of, um, I forget the name of the brewery. It's, like, the biggest one out there. Kona? Kona, yeah. And that was the, one of the funny things that they were telling us was, you may not, when you're on, depending on where you're, where you are on the island, you may not be drinking the beer that was brewed here in Hawaii. It may have come from, like, Colorado or wherever. But... One of the things they were talking about was like just the mineral treatment that you have to put into the water wherever you are to make sure that your beer comes out the same. And um, there's sometimes, you know, there's like local, like maybe a few years ago, breweries where I would go in and have like their flagship and then go back a few months later or the next year and have their flagship and it tastes different. And I've always wondered why. It's mostly because of ingredients. Yeah. Like when you're working on small scales, like you're not getting this, like... You, like every batch, every crop is different. Yeah. So when you're not dealing with huge, like, mm. like Genesee, we're going to take, they have so many of those huge grain silos. Yeah. So they always have the same grain. Mm. If you talk to Brian from time to time, it's a slight deviation. So that's mm. what we're, that's what you're dealing with, with that. Yeah. Or if you're at a brewery, that's not really that good. It <laughs> might not be the same process into what they were doing. Slight differentiations. Yeah. Cause slightly difference. Yeah. Or even you could have eaten something different. Right. It's just perception. Yeah. There was, I always feel there's, I don't drink as much, as much beer when I go out to a nice dinner now because of that. Cause, uh, I know how much it might, you know, screw up my palate. And so, and there's a couple of times where I was thinking about that, but I had already ordered the IPA and I was drinking it before dinner came out and I was like, Oh fuck. I was like, that's like a, that's like a, a sure giveaway that you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Uh, you can sometimes <laughs> drink an IPA with specific foods. Yeah. But, I mean, like, when you're at most restaurants, right. no one's – you don't have a sommelier or a cicerone sitting at your table being, hey, hey <laughs> you should be wait until that. the appetizer comes out, <laughs> taste the cheese first, yeah. then drink, and then you're good. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, all right, so where were you – like, what was your experience in beer before doing this? Um, I know you, you said you were, you were the – Well, I'll start from way back about – 10 years ago, I worked in a co- uh, restaurants. Okay. I was a cook. I worked at the Crazy Climb in Sylvan Beach. Yeah. And I worked there for seven years. Mm-hmm. Worked my way up from bouncer <laughs> up into executive chef-esque. We had a guy who kind of bounced in and out. Yeah. From there, I helped open up a restaurant in Cheryl hmm. uh, called the Greenhouse Cafe. Yeah. Uh, I was there. I helped set up the menu and did everything there. And then also, I messed up my timeline, but before that, uh, Kiko's wine bistro in rome mm. helped set up over there okay. they weren't there that long yeah um from there i started working at craig's kegs bottle shop okay went from there went to beer here in new hartford's bottle shop okay started working for oma gang mm. started working for southern tier mm. being a brand ambassador both places then tri valley mm. and then here at Anka. that's cool <laughs> yeah yeah a bit of a journey for sure uh, yeah, it's uh, it's you know it's wild the world of like ciceroning in Central New York because there's not many. No, there's I, I mean even in the state of New York, every level I think there's only like twenty three hundred. Wow, like from Cicerone, advanced Cicerone, and master. Yeah, I mean like I think there's three masters from New York and a hmm. hundred something advanced. Yeah. And who knows how many advanced or uh, certified beer servers are out there. Yeah. So do you get into like brewing at all? I've did some home brewing. Uh, I've done some large commercial scale when I was at Oma Gang. Yeah. But pretty much it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I just like drinking the beer. Yeah. So I kind yeah. of let the guys who like brewing brew it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I always wonder, because like you wonder, you know, somebody who goes on to get their master SOM or whatever the case is, like, what are you going to be doing? You know, for and most most of them that I know get into you know, at specific restaurants. I think that's probably where the money is. Mm-hmm. There's not many, and I don't know a whole hell of a lot of them. I know like a handful of them, but mo- but there's not many that like get into the production of it. And I've always wondered that with like when it comes to Cicerones, because Cicerones, I either know of like a few of the masters who are just on the brew side or, you know, the, you know, brew slash ownership side um, or just the certified beer servers, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, yeah. Hmm. And I don't really know if it, any of them doing anything. <laughs> a lot of it is because, um, I mean, it's not not trying to talk bad about people, right, but yeah, people yeah. who are brewers are usually more mechanically or engineer inclined. Mm. So there's a lot of numbers and like yeah. everything is derived on mm. science. That, and then the Cicerone side is mostly developed like on history, yeah. like the service aspect and everything. So it's kind of, they cross, but like there's still like that disconnect. Because I mean, you know people who are yeah. English majors and math majors they're friends, but you know they can only deal with certain things <laughs> yeah. they put in That's front of them. Funny. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, before we bring Aaron in, if somebody wanted to reach out who's listening to this or watching and they want to get on go at their bar or restaurant, what do they do? Uh, they will either go on Instagram, Facebook, both Insta- uh, on co. They can contact me at sales at oncoferment.com. Okay. And then on, onco at oncoferment.com are the two emails here that you can reach us and they'll get to me. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Thank man. You. Appreciate it. All right. So, Aaron, what beers did you bring me? So I poured you our lager. It's our Kettle Lakes lager. We've got a whole new series of Kettle Lakes-based beers, cool. a lager, wheat, a stout, and a cream ale. So this is the lager. Sweet. Uh, releasing today is the Aesthesis Cherry Lime Vanilla. Mm. Our award-winning hyphen Nipa and a 15 miles alt beer. Okay, cool. So sweet. What and I'm drinking? having the hyphen. Okay, cool. I got to work today. Yeah. Is that low percent? Mm-hmm. 4.8 percent. Mm. mm. That's not as strong, like in a good way. That's not as like strong as I was expecting it. To mm-hmm. be. Full-bodied and low ABV yeah. IPA. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. All right, so what's it been like so far? We're sitting in August. What's the, what's this year been like? <laughs> it's been unreadable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you think you're busy, and yeah. you, you never know what crowd you're going to get. We're seeing a lot of new faces. Yeah. Um, we're seeing a lot of competition to entertain people, yeah. bowling alleys, restaurants. Everybody's doing music. Everybody's doing games and game nights, and so it's it's... Those weren't even in our plan. The plan was just beer, and then right. we had to add food, and then you had to add music. So, yeah. So it's always a challenge getting everyone's attention. It is wild, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. you, like Mark Bullis said this on a podcast with me, and I guess you just saying what you just said is also kind of like tying it in for me. There's so it's. Mark was talking about back when the iPhone first came out. He realized that um, you weren't just going to be feeding people anymore. Now you had to be entertaining them. Yeah. And. That is true. It's like you open up a brewery, but now you have to think of bands you're going to bring in and mm-hmm. special game nights and all that kind of stuff to like keep people entertained. It probably sucks when you think about it that way. I mean, we've always been about trying to sell an experience. Yeah. You know, um, we don't plan on being so large where we don't know who you are, but we also at the same time don't won't always recognize somebody. But we so we try to everyone yeah. 
welcome to Anko, and we make sure everyone is comfortable, knows knows what the how it works here, and yeah. um, like to be cozy. Yeah, um, and that's what we're being known for. Most mm-hmm. people they come in and they immediately relax, and they bring their friends the next day. So that's that's about one thing we've got we've definitely got right. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. So what's your, of all the different aspects, what's your favorite part about owning the business? Um, just seeing a full room of everyone <laughs> and hearing the beer names uttered around. Did you try this? Did you try this? You mm. got to try this for them to sell the beer ourselves. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. What's your least favorite part? Um, <laughs> not knowing what to expect each day. Yeah. 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 Not really. Um, I, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine what that would feel like. I mean, you know, we, I've got, you know, we've, we're a marketing company, so we kind of know every month what's going to be happening and all that kind of stuff, what's coming in. And having like a, a brewery, restaurant, event space, I can't imagine like thinking about like, oh, I wonder if there's going to be 50 people here tonight or 150 right, or five right. or, you know, any of that stuff. Yeah. What was the manual that you read before about how to do this before you got in? Oh, we... <laughs> Went to every brewery on opening. We yeah. spent years. We had a hop farm, so we were getting to meet people. Oh, and really? Scenes. Oh, that's cool. Six years, we had a commercial hop farm. Um, wow. And then we closed that about when we opened this. Okay. So um, got to know theory breweries and made friends that way and quality control, things like that. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, home brewing. And, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so adding the kitchen was unexpected but unnecessary and it's, yeah. it's becoming another passion that yeah. we didn't know so for him really yeah. I, I gotta sell everything more what's, what's the menu today <laughs> okay I gotta sell it um, so of course we talk about everything but yeah um, yeah so what are, what's uh, what do you think about the current state of craft beer in, in upstate it's definitely a little bit congested yeah. um, mostly for us I don't know if Tom touched on this but yeah, all of a sudden this year really is the year that people that breweries from out of state are coming in to sell their product. Mm. So that's giving us competition. Um, everybody wants a shiny penny, yeah. something new. Um, so yeah, trying to we we've never wanted to chase the trends. Yeah, but um, we have to be aware of them. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, now you guys just won some awards recently, right? We this year we won a gold for the yeah. for hyphen. Yeah. Um, What's that do to business? I have to imagine that. that it was really helpful. The media this year yeah. carried that story on like two or three times. So awesome. that helped a lot. <laughs> um, cost, I put, you know, I published it in a newsletter and things like that. But um, so it was a little bump. But, but, but the media this year actually helped us keep it going That's for a cool. while. And they're still asking for it today. Yeah. So it's something that we keep on almost all the time. And we can just keep using that as a little hook. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Um, I did a. I went out to Rochester and sat down with Rock Brewing, uh-huh. and they had. It was like the week after uh, the you know uh, conference, and I forget what beer they had, but they had just won gold with it. But they had, they had, the day before the awards came out. They had sent their last keg off in wholesale. <laughs> so that's that's this is the first year we we won an award and we had it available for drinking after because you can tell when yeah. who's going to submit to an award because they're brewing all these beers and all of a sudden they have like ten of these certain styles and, and they're going out there and, and, and they're hoping to win a medal on it and we we're, we're no different. Yeah. But we happened to have hyphen around and yeah. out in the street and so that worked that worked out well. That's cool. timing. Yeah. It, it was unexpected. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. So when you open, when you all opened up Onco, what was the dream? I mean, besides like having you know a brewery space for people to get together and just have great beer, was there a goal when you first set out of like, hey, in ten years we want to be doing this? And I'm, I'm asking more curious as like a fellow business owner. I mean, as far as the the piece we touched on, needing food, needing entertainment, all that, none of that was in there. Yeah. Um, we came on sort of just after line culture was starting to take a little bit of um, hmm. a dive. And not that we deserve line culture, but we have remained a hidden gem just because of our location and that we didn't expect. Yeah. But we also didn't expect the town to come out like it has. So it was an adult coffee house. People are rekindling relationships. So hmm. that has worked out well. That's cool. And that's what we're keeping going. Yeah. Um, Wait, so... What's line culture? Line culture is, oh, I've got to release some so stand in line to get like other oh, half has had yeah. you know, seen more tailacies and things like that. Yeah. Um, hyped hyped beers. Now yeah. a lot of people are brewing the same quality. Yeah. Um, so people can get this beer anywhere hmm. in general. So again, we try to stick traditionally and not try to be over the top with flavor so that That's cool. It's smooth. But so that hasn't changed and that's where we always wanna wanna be. Yeah. It's consistently hmm. um, surprisingly good yeah um, that's interesting with, without a lot of um hubris to it yeah um, that's interesting to hear you say that because i've always wondered like i look back at people somebody just shared a post a couple months ago of some beer release at um uh, now and later mm-hmm. and yeah there was a line around two blocks and the post that they shared was like only one four pack per guest, you know? Right. And I saw that and I was, that was before my time of, you know, working with Willow Rock or anything like that. So I was thinking to myself, I want, like, how do you get that back? Like what, what caused everyone to go crazy over that beer? Um, I mean, you probably would have to come up with the next biggest thing for yeah. that to really happen again. It still happens. There's still breweries that will always get quick sellouts or um, attention on something. Um, hmm. ooh, so. Yeah, it, is, it really is a weird concept, you know, because I've, like I said, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. I do for events, you know, like if a brewery is having like their big anniversary party or something like that. Um, I see like a lot of people there, but I've never seen people line up, you know, in, in advance like that to grab a new style that was coming out from whatever brewery it was. Um, you see a little bit with like Hetty Topper and Focal Banger, mm-hmm, but even mm-hmm. that's. Like, the restaurants still post, like, it's a big deal, but I don't, you don't see as nearly as many people posting about it online, like, hey, I got a four-pack or, you know, anything like that. And it, you and I have talked before about social media. So it's yeah. a little bit, about, you know, it depends on what window you're looking at. Yeah. Um, so there's still pe- people are still coming into craft beer. People are still enjoying it. People still are learning about it and open to it. Yeah. So you have to figure out how to reach those people. If mm-hmm. you just look at a small window of people who are your untapped followers or... Yeah the vocal in a mm. beer group you you get skewed so yeah. that's what i've had to learn the last couple of years is to mm. open my windows a little bit so i um we're a little older so a lot of our clients a little older but we are seeing the younger people so we're doing something right and we have to keep that's working fun. that to keep it going for the 10 years as you say yeah so yeah. it's called it's it's um being resilient sustainable those kinds of terms yeah pivoting so yeah now, we were talking before we got started about, like, all the Oktoberfests coming up, and you all have got a really big one coming up. Um, yes. What's the date? 
September 17th. 17th. Okay, cool. So you've got a special beer release, right, with Fritz's Polka we'll Band? Have, uh, we'll release our Polka Pills That's for awesome. uh, Fritz's Polka Band, and then, of course, our 2023 Oktoberfest. That's cool. Which will actually come out of the time. will sell that out a little bit earlier. Okay, sweet. But, um, so we have mugs, and we don't know the menu yet, but we'll have a menu That's themed. Awesome. We've been pretty good at doing themed food menus with beer releases. Cool. Uh, last weekend, we did a bacon fest just for the food. Mm. We didn't have a beer release with it. Oh, that's so cool. we are growing the kitchen along. They're, they're growing together. Yeah, um, that's so. cool. It really is cool to see, just following you all on social media, all the stuff. There's, you always have something going on. It's exhausting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's do this. Okay, that means I have to do this, 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 this. Because, I, I mean, I'm sure I could give some of social media reins out, but it's yeah. really just, it's on the fly, and, and yeah. I'm the only one who can do it at this point. Right. So, yeah. Um, no, it's, it really is. It's impressive knowing, knowing, you know, what all goes into the back end of even just thinking about planning an event mm -hmm. to make sure the logistics and everything flows and all that kind of stuff. It's really impressive to see all the stuff that you all put out. Thank you. Yeah. So if there is one thing, what's something you would say to somebody who's, you know, in Syracuse thinking about coming down, but they've never been down to Onco? Um, I kind of, I think I know what, I think I know what the first thing that popped in your head was. Welcome to Onco. <laughs> yeah. Check us out. Um, we will, we can tell for the most part if you haven't been here before and we'll yeah. make you feel welcome. And of course, if you want to hang out and, be on a little date and left alone. We'll do that too. Yeah, <laughs> um, just explore all we have to have in the flavors. We have flavors uh, coming from at you from all directions. We have knowledgeable staff um, hmm. that love to talk to you about beer. And um, we actually ring a bell when someone drinks a, a sour <laughs> or switch, <laughs> drinks a beer when they say, I just drink wine. Um, and we do have something for your friends. We just rolled out a um, cocktail menu, which we have some um, Tully themed oh, cool. Moscow mule, Kentucky mule, Irish whiskey mule. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so it just adds cocktails every day. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Awesome. So well, Brian has yeah. baked two pizzas for you. I know. Let's take a little break and Brian, we'll grab some pizzas. So uh, have you like have you always been into pizza or is it just something you got into when you guys decided to do it? <clears throat> um, the way I look at pizzas, the dough is the vessel to get the flavors to your mouth. So you yeah. can almost put anything on there. Yeah. As long as the combination's right. Mm -hmm. So it made sense to do that. It's shareable here at the brewery. Um, a table can get two or three pizzas shared with different flavors, and they don't, they're not singled out to a single dish. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> Had you been making pizza at home? Like, what, what was the process of, like, getting your dough and everything? Um, we were actually, I was actually looking at making some of our own dough, um, talked to a few suppliers and manufacturers, found a dough <clears throat> that I like, um, and That's a good. dough that allowed me to cold ferment it once I got it here. That's cool. Because that was going to be part of our process. It adds a lot more flavor to the dough, and yeah. as you can see, it puffs up like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> not big into making pizzas at home like this yeah. um i'm just one of those that once we decide to go down a path i research the hell out of it and yeah. <laughs> cross our fingers and hope it works <laughs> <laughs> we did some test runs but yeah um hmm. so yeah you've got the the in a pickle pickle pizza with bacon and fresh dill from one of the farms nearby it's really good uh the bacon jam uh it's a habanero bacon jam it's got a Background heat okay. is not going to be very. <laughs> not going to kill me. No, no. Uh, it's more sweet on the sweet side than anything else. Yeah. Um, 
and then also some fresh scallions mm. from one of our farmers. <clears throat> um, but we've done sour brown pizza. Wow. Um, <clears throat> we did that for uh, one of the German beer fests that we had here. Okay. Um, so I look as any way you can yeah. come up with flavors. Um, there's going to be some interesting things coming out this fall. Hmm. Um, that may sound weird, but <laughs> it'll work. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, they're both really, really good. Thanks. The sweetness on that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. It's a weird way it works. Yeah. It's a, it's <laughs> so. We had friends before you all started doing pizzas, but last October, November, maybe, I forget what month, but friends of ours live just down the street or up the hill, like five, six minutes. And we were all, another friend of ours came in from Buffalo. We were all hanging out there one night and they were like, all right, let's go get pizza. And it was like a 30 minute drive oh, yeah. <laughs> to go pick it up and then 30 minutes back. I was like, where the hell are we going? He was like, we're going to get pizza. I was like, this is the only place to get pizza around <laughs> you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. There, there, there are other pizza places in and around. I mean, there's obviously, especially you talk about the city, they're on every yeah. street corner. Um, but they are popping, especially the Cortland. Mm-hmm. Um, we just decided to do it a little bit differently. And wow. I kind of treat these like you do beer. If you, if you can balance all the flavors out. Um, and you start with a clean fermentation process with the beer and a clean way of pr- um, putting the toppings or flavors on my dough vessel, I guess I call it, yeah. <laughs> to shove it to your mouth, yeah. um, you can get it to work. And we wanted to be a little bit different with that. Hmm. Um, but we can pop out a pizza every two minutes. That's awesome. So, yeah. <clears throat> what? So there's no hood. So what oven are you using? Um, it's actually a ventless oven. Wow. So um, <clears throat> that's the one thing we wanted to be flexible with. Um, location. Um, we didn't want anything to take up. We didn't know it would take off the way it has here yeah. for the pizzas. We're actually doing twice as many as what we originally thought we wow. would do in a week. Uh, that's great. By a week, it's, you know, the kitchen's open 19 hours. Wow. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so huh. uh, it went from okay, we're busy, we're busy, and then all of a sudden you'd have 60 pizzas in two and a half hours that you're throwing out along with pretzels. And, <laughs> and you're going, what the hell am I doing this for? But um, It's fun. I mean, I, I like coming up with the different flavors, just like I like coming up with different beers. So Yeah, um, that's cool. So has this now become your life of, like, thinking about different pizzas to make? Um, yeah, the pizzas and the beers. Um, <laughs> thankfully, I have a... a great brewer that works with me um, part-time so he's taken on more of the the brewing side even though I'm there every day he he -hmm. likes to come in and take over I'll get here at three four in the morning he comes in at seven so he'll take three four in the morning yeah Jesus yep so I'll get the first brew going (laughs) get to the boil he comes in and kind of takes over the second part of the day and I'll wander around doing odd things or being lost. <laughs> Those are like Texas barbecue hours, man. Yeah. Three or well, four in the morning. <laughs> it's the joy of owning a business, you know. Uh, three times as many hours for one third the pay. <laughs> My mother-in-law sent me something like that. She sent yep. me a meme. You know, yeah, being self-employed or being a business owner, it's like 
you couldn't imagine working 40 hours for somebody else, so you want to work 80 hours for yourself oh, and yeah. make less money. I'd, I'd go for 80 hours right now. <laughs> um, thankfully, we're going on vacation next week. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Same here, actually. Uh, where are you guys going? Uh, we're going up um, Altmar, Osceola area. Cool. Just got a place on the lake and oh, that's awesome. don't plan to do much yeah, that's at all, cool. except for kayaking and yeah. drinking. <laughs> so... I mean, it's the same with everybody, right? You can't, when you're a business owner, you can't, like, fully check out. Oh, no. Well, we made sure the place had Wi-Fi so we could work <laughs> still. what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> we trust our employees. They're great. So. Yeah, that's cool. So what are your, you know, was, I asked Aaron, I was, you know, when you all opened, was there something in mind of, like, all right, in 10 years, we want to be here? Like, we want to be doing X at that point? Because, like, you know, I, I did not start. It's very different businesses, but for... Eat local New York. I didn't open thinking or started off thinking like in ten years I want to be doing X. It was more of what we don't want to do in my mind. Yeah. Um, we've seen a lot of breweries, especially um, which would hurt now, growing too fast. Yeah. Too big, too fast. Um, we've seen that. You know, you get that first year of excitement that people are coming out. Second year, a little mm. bit more growth by year three. It, it might wane a little bit yeah. um, because that excitement's not there. But mm. by year two, they're already tripling the size of their production, and then it dwindles off. And mm. more of this economy, um, people are watching what they're doing, yeah. spending their money. Um, mm. They want to go out, be entertained. Um, they want every single bang for their buck that they can get. Yeah. Um, mm. So it's not necessarily just about the beer or the pizzas um it's about what's going on there or meeting up with people and once they get there it's usually they're there for a few hours yeah which is nice for the businesses um Hmm. but it doesn't share the wealth between everybody like it used to unless you're probably in the finger lakes where everybody's hopping from one to the next yeah um so we wanted to Hmm. naturally grow obviously we weren't expecting year two and a half (laughs) um so you kind of start back over after all that went through. Yeah. Um, so we're getting, you know, everybody pivoted during that. They, yeah. You did anything and everything to bring a dollar, and now we're getting back to our roots. We're, mm. we're doing things with more local ingredients. That's cool. Um, <clears throat> being able to explore that realm and, and what you can do with it. So. Yeah. So if I asked you one piece of advice for someone who wants to open up a food service business, would it be to... Like, take it slow and not try and jump too quickly? That's that's a hard one because we always thought of the food as the background at our place. I mean, we're still about the beer, but it's also pairing them. Um, You still have to jump all head in, feet first, go. (laughs) Um, But Mm. do it the way that you think you can manage it. You know, that's, that's probably the, in today's world is what can you manage? Cause, hmm. um, we have employees that we can trust. We know there's a lot of trouble getting employees that can, uh, just working, uh, yeah. in, in the industry that we're in. Um, so you gotta be able to make sure that you can handle it in case they don't show. Yeah. That's, that's probably one of the biggest hmm. issues that every business yeah. is having right now. That's good. Hmm. Well, I know you guys are getting busy. You're opening, so I'll let you go. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. The pieces were great.
there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. Again, big thanks to the crew out at Onco Fermentations for having me out, uh, feeding me, giving me beer, taking time out of your busy, busy day to talk to me, and uh, had a lot of fun. Um, Onco Fermentations is one of our restaurants and breweries that's on the Eat Local New York card, so definitely check them out. Save some money. Get out there and support local. They're 15 minutes. I think less than. I think it's like 13 minutes from Syracuse. Straight shot down 81. Get off the exit. You're, pr- you're practically there. Definitely get out there and check them out. Um, and yeah, if you're looking uh, to connect with Eat Local New York, visit us online at eatlocalnewyork.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can also find the video version of the podcast on our website and over on our YouTube channel. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. We're going to catch you back here for a brand new episode of the Eat Local New York podcast.